As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This victory episode, the week four review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Now, did I tell you or did I tell you? I told you that the line 38 over under for the Bears was generous and it was. Well, it was 22. So if you'd have taken the under, if you listened to me, if you went to my bookie and you placed your bets, you're coming away a happy guy uh, on Monday with your extra money. And that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. And let's face it, who you're betting with is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If your picks come through, you multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. They also have college football, MMA, MLB playoffs are kicking off. The NBA is just around the corner. I think the NHL is in preseason right now. So we aren't just limited to the NFL. There's tons to cover uh, in my bookie. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today where you play, you win, you get paid. And like I said, guys, it's Victory Monday. Our beloved came away with a huge win despite the odds of being shorthanded and then even getting more shorthanded during the game itself. Let's go ahead and find out what the hell happened yesterday. It's the Week 4 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. For the second year in a row, our beloved close out the first quarter of the season on a three-game winning streak. We dropped the beginner at the... Let's not talk about that. But we followed that up with three consecutive victories, and we got one more before the bye. We head over the pond, head across the pond to the U.K. to take on the Raiders. Uh, But yesterday was a huge win at home over NFC North rival Minnesota. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week four review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Yet another victory episode, and this one even sweeter than the two prior. Uh, you know, it was a home victory for one, um, a division rival. We we got off the division losing skid. We're not going to be in an 0-2 hole uh, in the division. And as Chris Gates and I talked about last week, it would be even worse for the Bears than it would be for the Vikings because the Vikings would be in an 0-2 hole on the road, uh, whereas the Bears would be in an 0-2 home hole. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of holes, but still. Um, you know, but it just it would be a tough hole to climb out of, uh, quite frankly. So a good thing the Bears were able to uh, put it all together yesterday uh, against the Vikings, an absolute dominant display by our defense. Good God, were they fantastic yesterday. And here's the, 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 what the, the great part about it all is that we were shorthanded in several places uh, on the defense. And then, uh, as I mentioned in the open, we got even more shorthanded as the, as the day went along. Uh, five, six plays into the football game, Mitch goes down with the with the shoulder injury, and 
Um, you know, uh, uh, Ted Larson, who was filling in for the injured Kyle Long, he goes down, and Rashad Coward had to come in for a bit. I mean, it was just happening all over uh, yesterday to to kind of compound the thing with Akeem Hicks and, um, you know, obviously Bilal Nichols. So two of our top three defensive linemen weren't playing and then the developing story with Roquan Smith which we'll get to in a moment you know an hour before kickoff he's listed as inactive just out of literally out of nowhere Roquan is not playing uh, against the Vikings and I was like man I was like I was like low-key not sweating it because we had Roquan and, and Trevathan uh, back there but without Roquan oof. You know, as a matter of fact, I got a special knee-jerk reaction I want to play for you guys. It's about a minute long, and I recorded this about five, ten minutes. Actually, I think it was recorded just as we were getting ready uh, to kick off the game. I just wanted to put it out there where I was thinking, where my head was at as we're going into kickoff with all of these extra subtractions just before kickoff. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction pregame for the Bears and the Vikings, and it's it's not good, guys. It's not good. Akeem Hicks is out. Taylor Gabriel is out. Um, Kyle Long is out, although that might not be a bad thing. Kyle Long has been horrible for us this year, so maybe that can be helpful to us. But uh, the biggest surprise, Roquan Smith, for personal reasons, whatever that means, he's out. So I kind of wasn't panicking too much when it was just uh, Akeem Hicks that we were going to miss, but now Akeem Hicks and Roquan? Could be a long day for us, guys. I mean, we got the depth. We got the players. We can do this, but uh, we definitely got one hand tied behind our back. Vikings about to kick off. The Bears are going to receive. Let's see how it goes. And truth be told, I don't know how I felt about us getting the football first. I mean, in a situation like that, you know, with everything that was kind of swirling around, the people that were going to be missing going into this all-important game, then the cherry on top being Roquan Smith literally out of nowhere not playing uh, in the game against Minnesota, I was kind of hoping we could throw the defense out there first. Uh, you know, maybe that's backwards uh, thinking, but, you know, just to put them out there so they can prove to themselves and everyone else they can do this with or without, you know, the the team or the the, the players that we were missing, I should say. And uh, but instead we go out there and we start with the football on offense. And it was a crazy first quarter, man. I mean, uh, everything just it just seemed like it was stacking up against the Bears. And yet the Bears were deeply unaffected by everything that was going on. I mean, I read a quote uh, today that uh, Coach Nagy said yesterday that uh, we have guys in this locker room that that aren't affected by adversity. You know, these are guys that step up and and rise to the occasion and 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 we definitely saw that i mean a handful of plays into the football game mitch is rolling out to his left on third down he gets caught from behind by i believe daniel hunter and f- ball comes out and he, when he goes to reach for the ball he kind of gets splayed out and his, his shoulder gets all jacked up and we lose him for the game what two minutes into the game if that and chase daniel has to come off the bench cold now granted it was only about five minutes ago he was warming up on the sideline just as part of regular pregame uh, and such. But uh, here's a guy that was planning on pre, you know, just supporting Mitch from the sideline. Now he's been thrown into the fire here. And what what Chase Daniel ended up doing yesterday, 
uh, was fantastic. And being able to, to come in uh, off the bench, I mean, that's why we got Chase Daniel. And that's why I shake my finger at everyone who said, uh, you know, watching during the preseason that Daniel was garbage. The Bears need to look for a backup quarterback that, uh, you know, Tyler Bray should be the backup instead of him and all the rest of that. That right there, that's my vindic. That's my I told you so. That whole game against Minnesota. That's why Daniel is the guy and Bray isn't when we fall into a situation uh, like that. So how will how will Daniel look uh, as the starter against the Raiders this weekend? That's a good question. We'll wait uh We'll wait and see, because he didn't have really. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because it's a very similar situation. I mean, obviously he had more time last year between the Minnesota game on Sunday night and the Thanksgiving game against the Lions, but uh, almost as, almost the same amount of preparation because it was all walkthroughs, no real practice reps or anything like that. It was more mental going into that game, and then he's thrown into the game you know, Thursday morning on Thanksgiving to play. You know, Obviously he had a lot less time to think about it. He just had to go out there and do it. But the 10 days between Detroit and the Giants, you know, Daniel did not play as well, or at least not at the beginning. He finished very strong in that game, but did not start well uh, against the Giants. Well, the team as a whole didn't start well against the Giants, but still, you know, how will it be now that he's got a full week to get ready knowing he's going to start? That's going to be the one of the big storylines going into this weekend uh, against the um, Raiders. But as we get to the knee-jerk reactions – uh, you know, looking into it, you heard how optimistic I was going into uh, the football game. After the first 15 minutes, I've changed my tune a little bit. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Vikings. And, boy, we got a lot to unpack here. It's it's uh, it, it's going the opposite way that I thought it was going to. Defense, God bless them, still dominant and all over the place. Dalvin Cook done nothing so far, at least not in the running game he has nowhere to go in the running game early on uh he did catch a pass that got the first down for vikings uh but otherwise the vikings are struggling to move the football uh offensively second play of the game mitch is rolling out to his to his left uh gets the ball knocked out of his hands it's a fumble he lands funny on his non-throwing shoulder his left shoulder he has been ruled out for the game he's done for today chase daniel then comes in leads the bears on a 14 play 75 yard drive that ends with a Tariq cohen touchdown catch the bears are up seven nothing and like i said the defense was all over dalvin cook trying to run the football the vikings only really moved the football when they were throwing it so this is kind of what we wanted remember we said we want to take dalvin cook out of the game put the football in uh, kirk cousins hands and take your best chance there 
Uh, even with Roquan out and he was the better of the coverage linebackers between himself and his backup, Kwiatkowski, it hasn't affected the running game at all. God bless Akeem Hicks, but Nick Williams, Abdullah Anderson, and Roy Robertson-Harris are, are backing up big time, playing very well. So it's an optimistic start. We're up 7 nothing. We have the football again. We just had a penalty in the gate, a 42-yard reception from Robinson. It was a penalty on Robinson, but Chase Daniels seems to be moving the offense again. So uh, I don't know. It's it's looking good so far. We're up 7 nothing, and and so far that home advantage curse uh, you know, in this home-and-home home series is working in the Bears' favor. We'll see how it goes from here. So I go from, brace yourself, guys, this could be a long day to like, holy hell, Let, you know, let's uh, let's strap in because this looks like this could be fun uh, for us as Bear fans. And that dominance continued through the first half. The second quarter was more of the same. Um, very low scoring like we always thought it was going to be going into this thing because you had two of the top five scoring defenses in football going head-to-head in this one. Then you lose your starting quarterback, you know, just a handful of plays into the actual football game. Your backup is out there, but he comes out, and on the, you know, that first batch of scripted plays leads the offense down the field, puts it in the end zone, and basically got us all the points that we were going to need uh, yesterday with the way our defense was playing they were absolutely lights out Khalil Mack you can't say enough about the guy and and this weekend is going to be interesting because he's playing against the team that dealt him expendable or that um, deemed him expendable and and sent him off and and granted they're trying to build their future off the off the back of those picks that uh, we got they got in return for him but uh, Khalil Mack uh, was on, I believe he was on with Deion Sanders. He quote-unquote got the call from Deion on the NFL Network yesterday and did mention that this was one he's had circled all his calendar. This, this one does mean something to him. So that does not bode well, even for his good buddy Derek Carr uh, and the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> so, but, I mean, he played just unbelievable uh, yesterday there was a play where he took on four guys at one point or four guys felt the need to put hands uh, on Khalil Mack to protect uh, Kirk Cousins uh, and everything yesterday there was one where he took out both the tackle and the guard and still got the sack uh, on Kirk Cousins uh, yesterday he forced another strip sack yesterday I mean it just one thing after another Khalil Mack was doing it crazy and then just to add things, add fuel to the fire, Nick Williams was coming. Just like you heard me say, Nick Williams, Abdullah Anderson, Roy Robertson, Harris, Nick Kwiatkowski. I can't say enough about the way that guy stepped up yesterday. It was We were just flying all over the place, flying all over the place, playing like the best defense in football. People want to talk about how it's New England because they've allowed like nine points in the first four games so far this year. Yeah, put Brady up against what we're doing. I'll take that matchup. All day long, you know, I, I would probably be like a zero-zero score between those two teams with our with our offense uh, these days. But still, you know, I'll take that matchup. Brady wouldn't be able to do anything against his defense. I look forward to seeing that in February, to be honest with you. But um, you know, it was just an amazing start uh, to the game. So I mean, it went from you know, like I felt the need to record that pregame knee-jerk reaction because of the Roquan development, and it's just like, man. We're already without Gabriel, who just had an outstanding game. We're without Kyle Long, which you heard me mention that might not be a bad thing. He's He appears to be the weak link on the offensive line right now, or at least that's what kind of proved itself yesterday 
with the way we played against an outstanding defense. The Vikings are one of the best in the league for sure. And that was what we knew going into the football game. And then we lose Roquan literally minutes before the game starts. We knew Akeem wasn't going to play. He was a game time decision that went against us uh, and everything else to all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah, we're, we're still awesome. <laughs> we're doing a gr- we're going to do a great job against this team. Uh, you know, and in the second quarter, it was a, a second quarter that went by in the blink of an eye. It really did go by quick and we, we, we've gained another advantage. We, we've added some more points on the board. We're making it a more of a steep climb for the Vikings to try and catch us. I mean, and the Bears just spent the entire first half asserting themselves in one way or another. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Vikings. And it was a crazy second quarter, man. There was I thought the Bears were going to penalize themselves into a tie football game with the Vikings. And, and just when you thought that the referees had it out for us, they make a mistake, but it goes in the Bears' favor anyway. Uh, the, the Vikings driving down the football field after what should have ended about six plays earlier. Eddie Jackson gets flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct, gets into a shoving match with, uh, I believe it was Riley Reef of the uh, of the Vikings. They're deep in their own end zone. I mean, it was a field position battle at that point. Eddie gives him a shove. The ref flags him. They get 15 yards, a new fresh set of downs, and it's just like four or five plays in a row. just seemed like the Bears were just penalizing them. I actually put out a tweet that said, how many yards have the Vikings actually earned themselves on this drive? Because it was all penalty yards given to them by the Bears. But once the Vikings got around midfield, uh, Cousins hit Stephon Diggs, uh, a Prince of Mukamura. It was like an inside slant route. Prince of Mukamura knocks it out of his hands. It was recovered uh, by uh, Haha Clinton Dix. Initially ruled on the field as a fum, uh, excuse me, as a uh, incomplete pass. Instead, it gets reviewed. Matt Nagy throws the review flag, and it worked out. You know, but imagine if the referees had let the play run itself out. Maybe how Clinton Dix runs it back. The Bears certainly end up with better field position. But nonetheless, I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise that the play worked out the way it did because what ended a promising drive for the Vikings became the only drive for the rest of the quarter as the Bears held on to the football, moved it down the field, and ended up with an Eddie Pinero field goal at the buzzer. We're up 10-0 now at halftime. And granted, this is a very tight game. Uh, but the Bears are in full command at the moment. The defense is doing what it needs to do to bottle up this Vikings offense, uh, and Chase Daniel is is helping the offense uh, move the football and keep our defense off of the field. I mean, the, of the three keys to the game, we're two for three so far. I mean, the defense needs to stop with the stupid penalties. That's the one thing we haven't done in this half. Otherwise... We're moving the football. We've got a little rhythm going, and we're hanging on to the ball, keeping the ball out of Minnesota's hands. That's working out like gangbusters so far. So the only tragedy about how the offense is running under uh, Chase Daniel right now is that I honestly think that Mitch could be doing the same. I really do. I, I really just think that Nagy has got the, the game plan down cold this week for the Vikings and that uh, – you know, I think if it was Mitch out there, we'd be doing the same, if not better, uh, on offense. So 
big big bear up so far to Chase Daniel. He's doing outstanding so far. We'll see how the second half goes. We're up two scores, 10 nothing to go into halftime. <laughs> that was a weird sequence of events there, that 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 fumble thing. And, and, and I do still kind of feel like it was a blessing in disguise that the play was blown dead uh, at the, you know, it was a bang-bang thing. It happened quickly, so you can't blame the refs for calling it the way that they did uh, on the fly. But at the same time, those are the plays that, that uh, you know, because of replay, they're meant to let them them play out. So, I mean, there's a very real opportunity that Kyle Clinton Dix would have been able to find his way uh, into the end zone. We definitely would have had, like I said, much better field position than we ended up with because they gave it to him where he picked up the football, the clear recovery, uh, as they say. But, um, you know, it was it was reversed upon uh, review. Matt Nagy did throw the challenge flag and, uh, you know, it did go in the Bears' favor that it was that Stephon Diggs did catch the ball. He didn't uh, make a couple of steps and a football move to turn away from Amukamura, and then Amukamura just kind of peanut punched it out, just made a reach for the football and just happened to get a knuckle on it, popped the ball loose, recovered by Clinton Dix, and the ball's going back uh, the other way. And like I said, the blessing in disguise would be the fact that we did hang on to the football for the rest of of the first half, the last, I believe, like four and a half minutes of the second quarter, which was polished off by an Eddie Pinero field goal, kicking through that uh, that pinched nerve uh, once again. So, um, you know, it, it it could have gone better, obviously, but it went, uh, it went great uh, for the Bears. Like I said, we were in full command after that first half. We absolutely dominated time of possession. I mean, here's how crazy the time of possession was. I'm not going to give you the numbers, but actually here are some numbers. There were five total possessions in the first half of the football game because the Bears just held on to the football. You know, 14 plays, 75 yards to start the football game. And, you know, we, we had a decent second uh, drive again. Like I was saying, it, it, you, and you'll hear me say this again during knee-jerk reactions. Remember I talked about this during the preview episode was that I thought it was more important to – be able to get something going rhythmic, you know, rhythmically on offense, to hang on to the football, to move the chains, eat up at the clock. That's exactly what we did. And I meant what I said about Mitch uh, possibly doing it better than, than Chase Daniel uh, could have uh, in the football game because I just felt like Nagy had it, finally had it figured out. He had the Vikings cold because if, if you go back and watch this, and, and thank God it was Tony Romo, uh, that was calling uh, the game. The guy, God bless him, he's, he is the best color man on TV uh, right now, basically pointed out that the Bears were running basically the same formation over and over again, but they were running so many different kind of plays uh, out of it. And I think that that's, that's all game plan right there, that we kept sh- having the same look when we come out on the field. It was three receivers on the right side with the uh, running back also uh, on that side, we had, I think, either a tight end or a single receiver on the left side, and we ran a bunch of different looks out of that formation over and over again, which I guess was meant to counteract something uh, that Nagy had seen on tape uh, by from the Vikings because I think we ran that formation more than we ran anything else uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the football game. So I think that Nagy had the game plan in place, and it was just going to be a matter of uh, execution and the offensive line came with it as far as pass protection was concerned. Run blocking is still an issue, but we were also playing one of the better run defenses in football uh, as well. So 
yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that, but it was a much better performance pass blocking against this Vikings defense than we had to expect a week ago uh, against the um, against the Redskins. Much better performance, bar none. So, um, but I mean, you know, I, I really do feel like Mitch could have done done the job, done the same thing uh, with Chase Daniel. And I'll talk about this supposed quarterback controversy a little bit later on uh, after we get through the uh, through the game here. But, um, you know, I do think that Mitch could have done the same thing, if not better than Daniel uh, was doing it. But uh, there are no complaints about how how Chase Daniel uh, played. There's some things you don't have to worry about with Chase. He's smarter with the football uh, than Mitch is. So we didn't have to be like, oh, geez, what the hell was that throw uh, kind of thing? You're always going to have those moments with with Mitch. Uh, that's that's I guess that just kind of comes with the territory uh, with him. Chase was a lot sm- was is a lot smarter with the football, so he didn't do anything careless with the ball or try to fit it in someplace uh, and whatnot. He threw the ball very well, and uh, you know led the ball led the team. The, those like I said, we only had three drives. We we're dominating time of possession um, and and keeping those. You know, it's not even like the Vikings have a potent offense. It's just that we want to keep them off the field so they can't wear us down on defense. So. Um, that worked like gangbusters. You hear me say that term gangbusters a couple of times. But, um, you know, the third quarter uh, rolls around, and it was about the Bears, you know, number one, staying after it uh, on defense. We kept the foot down on the gas pedal as far as that goes. By admission, Matt Nagy says that the offense got a little bit more conservative in the second half, ran the football a little bit more, just trying to get through the game get this one over with, having full confidence in our defense to shut them down. Therefore, we don't need to run and gun it uh, to try to get the victory here. And, you know, the the Bears were able to do that at a few more points and and make it look like what, uh, you know, a a lead going into the fourth quarter to look insurmountable, especially with the way our defense was playing. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, Bears and Vikings. And it was a wild one pretty much from the word go. The Vikings started with the football, but on the first offensive play, Khalil Mack, like a bat out of hell, comes around the corner, knocks the ball loose out of Kirk Cousins' hands. Nick Williams recovers. First down, Bears in the red zone. But the Vikings' defense is one of the best. They held firm. The Bears get nothing, but Eddie Pinero adds a field goal to make it 13 to nothing. And it's just the Vikings can do nothing on offense. This they had a play on this last drive that was a 40-yard play to Stephon Diggs on like third and three or fourth and three, uh, whatever. It was a great play. Uh, great play call, great play, uh, great, great throw, Blake, great catch. Can you tell I'm a little bit jacked up right now? But um, I think that play may have put them over 100 yards for the game. You know, with three minutes to go in the third quarter, they finally cracked 100 yards. But just a crazy sequence of events. Um, the Bears were able to add another Eddie Pinero field goal to make it 16 to nothing not too long ago. The Vikings are trying to drive there. It was like uh, second and three or something like that. Here we come off the edge. We get Eddie. We get uh, Cousins again. Knocks the ball loose. Looks like um, I don't know who had a crack at it first, but the second person to have a crack at it was uh, Leonard Floyd who also gets the ball knocked out of his hands, recovered by, I think, Riley Reef. It was third and 35 just now for the Vikings, and they came up short to end the quarter. So 
Uh, they got some decent yardage, but I don't think they got enough to get within field goal range. And I also think it's too long for the Vikings to be thinking about going for it. So I believe we're going to start the fourth quarter with the Bears getting the ball back on a punt uh, from the Vikings. It is a 16 to nothing game. The Bears have dominated this game on both sides of the ball. And remember when I talked about it during the pregame, during the preview episode was even if we didn't come away with points, it was far more important to hang on to the football, get some first downs, chew away at that clock, and at the very least maybe add a field goal. And that has been working like gangbusters so far. The Bears are up 16 to nothing. And nothing about what the Vikings have been doing on offense or defense says that there's going to be a miracle. Now, granted, it's football, and weirder things have happened, but I'm feeling pretty good going into the final quarter of play. And justifiably so. I mean, it wasn't a pretty performance, but it was far from ugly, especially on the defensive uh, side of things. From, from the offense, it was simply a take what the defense gives you uh, kind of thing, and and I said by admission, Nagy admits they did kind of ease off the gas pedal uh, in the in the second half, just really trying to protect the lead, move the chains, chew up some clock, get through the game, uh, kind of thing, and that's what we saw more of. We saw some of that in the third quarter. We did get a bit more aggressive uh, in the third quarter. There was a big, beautiful throw from uh, Chase Daniel to Javon Wims, who played a lot of snaps yesterday it was a really good thing to see uh made a big catch that uh, got us deep out of our own, out of our own territory get to, got us to around uh midfield i believe that led to the second eddie pinero field goal before the end of the third uh quarter so i mean it was uh it was in the fourth quarter we really just kind of eased up on things there was far more focus on the run uh in the fourth quarter that's where david montgomery's uh run totals went up but the Vikings are very, very stingy, and like I said, our, our run blocking isn't very good. Um, uh, he only ended up with like 53 yards rushing on 21 attempts uh, yesterday. So we got a lot of work to do uh, in the run game as far as that blocking is uh, is concerned. Now, that one play that I mentioned before with the uh, the, the the Leonard Floyd fumble, or you know, uh, re- recovery slash fumble slash recovered by the Vikings, so it's third and 35 thing. Uh, the first person that got a crack at it was also uh, Leonard Floyd. I saw the highlights earlier today. Nick Kwiatkowski, who is an outstanding blitzer, it would appear, uh, almost killed Dalvin Cook on a blitz yesterday. Came in, and it was Cook that picked him up, and Kwiatkowski just straight trucked him. He almost took out Cousins when he did it because he uh, Cook landed at Cousins' feet, and uh, I, th- I think we still got the sack uh, on the play, but, I mean, he damn near shot put uh dalvin cook into uh kirk cousins and quickowski was an absolute animal yesterday man he did an outstanding outstanding job in relief of uh, uh of roquan stepping in for him uh as well yesterday so um but quickowski comes in on the blitz he gets cousins the ball comes out the first person to get a crack at it what you know uh, floyd tried to pick it up on the run didn't get to it ball keeps rolling he does pick it up However, just as soon as he gets his hands on it, the ball gets knocked out of his hands, which was important. It was very important um, because when the Vikings did recover it, the initial call on the field was the ball had exchanged hands twice. So instead of third down for Minnesota, it was initially ruled to be first down 
for the Vikings because they were basically saying that Leonard Floyd had a clear recovery of the football, held possession, and then lost the ball uh, again. Upon further review, it turns out Floyd was just kind of bobbling the football before it was knocked out of his hands. Therefore, the Bears never retained possession, so it was always Minnesota's ball, and that was big. So instead of getting a fresh set of downs, granted, they lost about 25 yards on the play, but it would, instead of it being first and 10, it was third and 35, and I believe the next play was the last one of the quarter, the one that I was talking about uh, there at the end of the knee-jerk reaction. The, the breaks just kind of went the Bears' way yesterday and that kind of thing, especially when you heard me talk about it in the, in the second quarter how we damn near penalized our way into a tie football game with the Vikings before the Amukamura uh, uh, fumble uh, strip and the recovery from Clinton Dix to kill that drive uh, for the Vikings. You know, in the fourth quarter, uh, the Vikings, uh, you know, had to abandon the run completely and start throwing uh, the football. So Kirk Cousins was able to pad his stats a little bit. The Bears got a little bit soft in uh, coverage. The Vikings were able to put a touchdown on the board therefore um, kind of canceling the uh, the shutout that the defense was trying to preserve there. But uh, it just wasn't enough. The defense was too much, and they put a, you know just a, a masterful performance together to shut down the Vikings and assert themselves once again. This is the best defense in football. Uh, God forbid if we ever get the offense figured out, we're going to be unstoppable this year. We're only four games into the schedule. We got our toughest games ahead of us but who wants to play the bears right now i mean if our backups can do that to a to a quality offense in the vikings imagine what they can do to you so uh it's just if if our backups can do that imagine what our starters can do it's a scary proposition the bears have to be a nightmare to watch on film like john gruden's got to be pissing himself right now not only does he actually have to face khalil mack this weekend but a, a you know here comes akeem hicks here comes uh, Danny Trevathan. Here comes Eddie Jackson uh, and Nick Williams and and everyone else that we're bringing to the bringing across the pond uh, this weekend. It's going to be a long, long Sunday uh, for them, at least I anticipate it to be. Uh, anyway, so fourth quarter knee jerk reaction: the Bears are able to put a bow on this thing and and move to three and one for the second year in a row. <coughs> knee jerk reaction: Bears Vikings in the fourth quarter. And uh, it was a crazy 92-yard drive that led to the only score from the Vikings, but not being able to get the two-point conversion basically ended the football game right there as the Bears' defense was just way too much for the uh, Vikings to handle. Kirk Cousins with 227 yards passing, a lot of that in, in, in garbage time, I guess you could say, trying to... Uh, moved the football down the field uh, against this Bear defense late. Uh, they were just too much, and Chase Daniel ran the offense efficiently, was able to do exactly what I hoped for against this Vikings defense, which was very stingy, especially against the run, which was to just move the chains, keep the clock rolling. The first half went by in a blink. The third quarter was uh, was over quickly. The fourth quarter seemed to drag on, I guess, just because we wanted it to get over with. But nonetheless, we did what we needed to do on offense. We added points where we could. Points were at a premium, and 16 was enough to win it, and convincingly. You know, it was a 16-6 to final score, but the Bears were far more dominant than that would 
uh, have, uh, you know, th- then the score tells you, uh, to be honest uh, with you. Uh, Khalil Mack is a savage. We have, apparently, we have the deepest defense in the NFL because for a lineup that didn't have Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks, we were just as dominant as ever and then some today. Nick Kwiatkowski, Nick Williams stepped up big time. Roy Robertson Harris was out there doing things. We even had um, uh, Pierre Lewis out there. I think because the Vikings were passing so much, maybe he's better in coverage than Kwiatkowski. But, uh, you know, we had all those guys out there making plays. Sherry McManus active for the first time in a couple of weeks, making all kinds of crazy special teams tackles. Pat O'Donnell putting like a savage today. And Eddie Pinero, even with that pinched nerve, was three for three in his field goals and put our extra point through the upright. So you really cannot complain aside from maybe too many penalties early on. The Bears got it done. We're three and one. We've got a piece of first place in the NFC North going into our matchup with the uh, Raiders in the U.K. next Sunday. And I promise that's the only time you'll hear the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction as opposed to last week where I played it a couple of times for you. I was very, so very happy to declare the Bears' victory against the Redskins that I played the same segment twice. So there you go. Anyway, (laughs) but, you know, like I said, the the Bears were just – you know, I mean, kudos to, to to Ryan Pace. Kudos to our coaching staff. You know, we we we've apparently we we're we're pros at scouting and and getting these guys that even though we know they're not starters, they're starting quality. I mean, Nick Witkowski is in a contract year. This is the last year of his rookie contract, and all I could think of during the football game was, oh boy, this guy is going to get like a five million dollar a year deal from somebody. Uh, next year and he deserves it man he's a good football player he just happens to be playing behind Danny Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith and and maybe just maybe this is a, a contract year for Danny Trevathan maybe we keep the younger Kwiatkowski in place of uh, Danny Trevathan uh, you know being the older player and stuff I mean anything can happen who knows but after a performance like that Nick Kwiatkowski is on people's radar that's for sure pro scouts out there watching other teams players Definitely got a good glimpse of, of what the Bears have uh, in Kwiatkowski and how, you know, there are probably people out there who think he's being wasted on the sideline, but he's playing behind two two uh, two Pro Bowl uh, linebackers right now. So, it, you know, you got to make the most of his opportunities. That's exactly what he did yesterday. Same thing with Nick Williams, Abdullah Anderson, Roy Robertson-Harris stepping up for, I mean, I, I mentioned no Akeem Hicks, no Ronquan Smith. We're also no Bilal Nichols. Uh, yesterday as well still nursing that broken hand those guys stepped up and we did not miss them which is crazy and if they could do that imagine what Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols could have done yesterday you know it almost makes me moist thinking about it so I mean it was just an outstanding performance you can't say enough I I think I summed it up pretty well in that uh, knee-jerk reaction everybody stepped up it was a absolute complete team win yesterday i mean even panero with his pinched nerve was was still making the field goals and making it look easy i mean does anybody sweating at all when eddie goes out there even with that leg injury at the moment i'm not sweating a thing man not a thing i wasn't worried about the the slippery field or the rain or anything uh like that yesterday pat o'donnell is is you know uh flipping field position with his punts uh and everything it's just he's been outstanding this year like this guy's on pace to be a pro, a pro bowler uh, for us that's how well pat o'donnell is kicking 
uh, right now. So, I mean, it's just Chase Daniel steps up. Uh, the offensive line steps up in pass blocking, not so much in the run blocking. we still got some issues there. But, uh, you know, Allen Robinson was out there making catches. Javon Wims, Trey Burton got in on the mix a little bit yesterday. And, you know, we did what we needed to do. We did enough to win the football game. And that's not to say that we eked by or anything. We did what we needed to do in order to win. We got enough points. The defense made it made 16 points like an overabundance. It might as well have been, as you guys have heard me say a million times, 16 points might as well have been 160. That's how insurmountable the lead was and how, how unstoppable the defense was. God forbid Minnesota gets that football back. There's no way they're trotting it down the field a second time to put more points uh, on the board. It just wasn't going to happen. So they, they, were, uh, they would have beaten anybody yesterday, absolutely anybody. So very, very proud of the way that our guys stepped up yesterday it was a vital game that we needed to have um to avoid all of those holes that we talked about before oh and two in the division oh and two started home uh you know oh and two home start again in the division and and all that kind of stuff we we don't want any of that to happen we've avoided it all we're on a three-game winning streak heading into a very winnable game against the raiders uh in the uk that i hope all of my uk listeners uh enjoy you don't have to worry about uh you know staying up till 3 a.m. because it's like, what, a 6, 7 o'clock kickoff out there. It's our first noon kickoff of the season here in the Midwest. Finally, the Bears play the early game uh, this this week, you know, instead of uh, 7 o'clock on Thursday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon for Denver, another 7 o'clock on Monday Night Football, and then 3 o'clock yesterday uh, as well. We finally play a noon game this Sunday so I can have my Sunday afternoons back and maybe go check out a movie or something like that instead of, uh, you know, basically the day being over with. Because it's just like when those 3 o'clock games are over, it's, you know, football night in America or whatever the hell it's called, and you're watching the NBC game before you know that. It's time to brush teeth and go to bed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be glad to have a few hours of my weekend still left over after the Bears game is over uh, on Sunday, and hopefully I won't be filled with piss and vinegar because we somehow choked away a victory against the Raiders on Sunday, which I, I, I absolutely don't see that uh, happening. So anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the review of the Bears victory over Minnesota, 16 to 6. The Bears improved to 3 and 1. We have a piece of first place because we lost the tiebreaker to Green Bay, of course, who was also 3 and 1 after their loss to Philly on Thursday night football. And, you know, we're up there in the power rankings. I saw Peter King had us at six uh, right now. So we're among the best in, in football. And, and the defense is defense is getting all the credit for that uh, right now. They are just unbelievable. I can't say enough. So uh, we got some, some notes and some things I want to share. And then we got bear up and bear down. But first, <laughs> remember, guys, promo code chair to double your first deposit at MyBookie.com. Dot ag and uh just remember that uh when i'm doling out the gambling advice i'm, I'm the guy that you want to listen to so uh yeah so go to my bookie and take my advice and win money and if you lose i i don't i don't want to hear about that don't tell me i only tell me about the victories i only want to hear uh about the uh about the good stuff you know so yeah go to mybookie.ag promo code share to get double your first deposit and 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 bet on the winners that i give you so but don't tell me about the losers because gambling is hard. It is hard. So speaking of hard, guys, bluechew.com. 
Want to increase your performance and get that little extra confidence in bed? Then BlueChew.com is the place you want to go. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA active, uh, FDA approved active ingredients. There are no FDA ingredients. There's FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And we all know how I feel about Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And we had several of our beloved Chicago Bears rise to the opportunity yesterday. It was actually a glorious thing to watch. And if you could benefit from a little extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, since Blue Chew pre- and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Just a few quick thoughts here before we get to our bear ups and bear downs for the uh, for the week four review episode. Um, Bradley Soul is back on the unemployment line. Unfortunately, he was waived again on Saturday uh, to make room for Jonathan Harris, who was uh, promoted from the uh, practice squad. That was the first indicator that uh, Akeem Hicks might not play on Sunday. Now we always knew that he was a, he was day to day. He was a game time decision, what have you. But I guess that was the f- the first real indicator that we were going to be without him uh, on Sunday as we were preparing to be without him. And then uh, today the, uh, the bears cut Abdullah Anderson, which is a, was obviously a bad thing for Abdullah because he actually did play well yesterday uh, against the uh, against the Vikings, but it's a positive sign in the fact that it's the first indicator that Hicks will probably be able to go uh, this Sunday against the Raiders, and it is more likely a roster move to make space for Tyler Bray to be uh, elevated from the practice squad. So uh, we we need a backup quarterback because we didn't have one, uh, according to our uh, sideline reporter. I think it was Tracy Wolfson. Uh, for CBS yesterday said that the uh, emergency quarterback, God forbid if anything had happened to Chase Daniel yesterday, was Tariq Cohen. So that which probably means they would have been running a whole lot of Wildcat uh, yesterday if it was up to Tariq to uh, call the plays and take the snaps uh, and everything uh, yesterday. So, um, you know, it's uh, the, those were the uh, the roster moves that have been made, you know, over the weekend and into uh, today and and uh, the Tyler Bray thing is probably inevitable. Maybe hearing about that on, I believe Wednesday because I think the Bears are off uh, tomorrow, today, Tuesday. Most of you are hearing this on Tuesday, so Bears are off today. So we're probably here on Wednesday. Tyler Bray's been signed to the active roster 
so that he can serve as the backup to Chase Daniel uh, in the UK. And speaking of Chase Daniel, there is no quarterback controversy, guys. There is none, and I'll tell you why. Number one, when Mitch is healthy, Mitch is going to play. That's that's it. I mean, that, that eliminates any thought whatsoever of a quarterback controversy. That's just there is no controversy, none. Uh, you know, we can talk about it. I know that there are lots of people out there talking about how Daniel should start the rest of the season. Look at what he did yesterday against the Vikings and so on and so forth. He had a command of the offense and blah, 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 blah. That's all great. That's all true. That's why he's in Chicago. He knew the offense before he even got here because he was familiar from running it for a couple of years in Kansas City uh, under Matt Nagy. He ran it for a little bit when he was at the backup in Philadelphia, also with Nagy and, and Andy Reid and such. So the guy's got years of experience in this offense. He's spent more time in this offense than Mitch has. So he has a better understanding of it, you know. And uh, Nagy has also famously said that it takes two years before you can master the offense. So technically, as much as we, we like to say that Mitch is uh, running the offense and still learning it, he's, according to Nagy, probably still learning it as well. So I don't know. Number two, the other reason that I say that there's no quarterback controversy was I don't think Chase Daniel did anything that Mitch wouldn't have done yesterday. Now, granted, I gave Chase Daniel the credit for, I think, being smarter with the football, but that's, I think that's experience more than anything. Uh, knowing what throws to make and and you know and so on, um, but I just and and you guys know me. I'm no Mitch apologist or anything uh, like that. I, I I demand a lot from our young quarterback. We haven't seen what we were promised uh, in 2019, so of course I'm not thrilled with Mitch right now. But it's just the reality of the situation is, if Chase Daniel was the better quarterback, then. Uh, Trubisky, then Chase would be playing instead of Trubisky. That's Matt Nagy wants to win above all else. So, and a lot of people forget Matt Nagy didn't pick Mitch Trubisky. Ryan Pace did. So, you know that happened before Pace, or excuse me, before uh, Nagy uh, got into town. So you can't really even technically say that Mitch is Nagy's guy. He's not. So, who knows? I mean, I'm going to put it that way. Chase Daniel is because he came in with Matt Nagy. So, but. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if if Chase Daniel came out yesterday and put up 35 points on the Vikings, ran the offense so well that we damn near broke the scoreboard, scoring touchdowns on the Vikings yesterday. Then we'd be having a serious conversation about maybe Chase Daniel should be out there uh, right now, or at the very least, Mitch should take his time coming back and let just let Chase run with it right now. But instead, we scored 16 points yesterday. He didn't do anything overly extraordinary, or he didn't do anything we haven't seen Mitch do in the past. I would say the only thumbs, the only positive that I would give Chase over Mitch is that we didn't have any uh, holy hell throws yesterday. Like, what the hell was that, or what was he thinking, uh, or, or anything uh, like that yesterday. There, that was the one thing that. Um, like a sense of calm kind of comes over you when when Chase Daniel is out there instead of Mitch is that his veteran experience is not going to allow him to make some of the silly throws that Mitch makes or attempts, I should say, uh, from time to time. So, you know, bottom line, guys, there's no quarterback controversy. 
when Mitch is healthy, he will play. Uh, I think it'll probably be the the Saints when we come back from the from the bye. We'll see how that goes. Um, the the word on the shoulder is that it was a dislocation with a slight labrum tear. The good news is that it's in his non-throwing shoulder, so surgery can wait until the off season. Sounds like he's just going to brace it up, um, and uh, you know when he's ready to to go back out there, uh, he will be the starter again. So. Brace yourself, guys. Mitch is coming back uh, when he's ready. He will be the starting quarterback. There is no, there is no controversy. There's no decision for Matt Nagy and company to make. Mitch is the guy. So, you know, just like several years ago, the whole Jay Cutler versus Josh McCown thing, Jay was always going to get his job back when he was healthy again, and he did. So that's all there is to it. When Mitch is ready, it's his job. He will be the starting quarterback again. Uh, for better or for worse, going out there trying to uh, prove his worth uh, to the organization again. So, And then the Roquan Smith thing, it was initially thought, or the first rumor that came out yesterday was that um, Roquan had a little too much to drink and crashed a, crashed a car, H- hit a parked car yesterday, or at least there were photos circu- circulating on social media yesterday of this really expensive looking car crashed into a parked car uh some somewhere in the city uh on saturday night and so it was like okay well he you know that was stupid he probably should have ubered or got a taxi or a designated driver whatever you know it's like that was stupid but he's 22 years old he's gonna do 22 year old things and that was one of them and the bears just punished him for being stupid and that was the rest of it then Adam Schefter goes on ESPN 1000 today and tells the world that um, Roquan Smith apparently was acting erratically uh, last week. He wasn't himself and that this could be a mental health issue. And when I read that, my first thought was, oh, man, just let him be a 22 year old idiot who had too much to drink and drove. You know, like I would that is so much of an easier fix than the, and that's just the football fan in me that wants Roquan back out there uh, on the field. You know, I, I was I was hoping that it was something as simple and as stupid as a 22-year-old kid drinking too much and crashing his car. I, I was really hoping that's all it was. You know, he's out of game, maybe two. You know, like they punish him, he doesn't get to make the U.K. trip uh, and all that kind of stuff. You have the bye, and then you come back uh, week seven against the Saints, and then... We'll see if you can get your head screwed on straight kind of thing. There's nothing easy about this. If it is actually a mental health issue, there's no timetable for that. There's like, okay, it'd be a couple of weeks, then he'll be fine. We get him back out on the field and just resume regular football uh, duties. So it's, it's, um, it's just something that, that we as Bear fans, we have to do two things. Number one, we have to support Roquan. He's one of ours. He's one of us. We have to be there for him. And number two, above all else, we have to be patient. You can't mess with something like this. It's going to take as long as it takes. If, if it really is the, the kind of situation that they're talking about, Matt Nagy has been mum about the whole thing. You know, talking about it yesterday and talking about it today, all he says is a personal issue. That's all he'll say about it. 
And, um, you know, so if it really does turn turn out that the rumors about the mental health thing are true, then we just need to be there in support of Roquan and we need to be patient. He'll be back when he gets back, period. You know, that's we just have to be patient with it. You can't rush something like this and you probably don't want to either. We want him back when he's fully healthy, you know, in mind, body and spirit. We want him healthy 100 percent. Uh, across the board and if he is having trouble the good news is he's only 22 so you know he'll be able to and he's a healthy kid and get the help he needs and and come back uh raring to go so um you know i'm i i like i said when i heard that i was like oh man please just let it be the drunk driving thing because that's a slap on the wrist he pays a fine you know he doesn't get to play in a couple of cool football games that home game against the vikings go over to the UK but if it instead is this um if it is this mental health thing then I I hope nothing for the best for Roquan to come back when he's ready and we'll be here to support him when he does you know we will absolutely be here for him when he does we just have to be patient guys there's no timetable for something like this if that in fact is what's going on with him so anyway that's my final thought on that, what do you say we go ahead and talk about these bear ups and bear downs? And um, I'm going to just go ahead and get the bear down out of the way because I was kind of racking my brain about it uh, yesterday. And I really only have one bone to pick with the way that we played yesterday, and that was the run blocking. You know, the run blocking was terrible. We're uh, kind of wasting uh, David Montgomery right now because we can't give him the lanes that he needs in order to be effective. Uh, for us I mean I go back to what Brett Coleman said on Twitter the other day when we're watching the Washington Redskins on Monday night is that David Montgomery has some of the most breathtaking three-yard gains in the history of football just because the guy fights and scratches and claws and makes this guy miss and spins out of that one and so forth but all he's got to show for it is three yards and a cloud of dust because he was hit almost as soon as he got his hand uh, on the football so I don't know what it is we're not doing uh, in the running game that we seem to be fluctuating with in the passing game. Basically, like one week we are the we are the Great Wall of China, nothing can get through, and then the other day we're you know we're just a bunch of swinging you know uh, turnstiles, you know just running right through uh, in the passing game. But yesterday was one of those days where we were doing very well pass blocking. Charles Leno did have his issues with uh, Daniel Hunter and um, Everson Griffin uh, at times, but that's to be expected. Just like we knew Riley Reef and whoever the right tackle is for Minnesota, we're going to have issues with, with Khalil Mack yesterday. You just got to prepare for something like that. And, um, you know, we, otherwise, uh, Chase Daniel was kept clean. I think they only gave up one sack yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's like the run blocking, boy, we got a lot of work to do there, man. Uh, we've got this exciting, explosive young running back, and we, we are doing nothing for him as far as getting him open and, and out and being able to to uh you know to show what he can do uh for us we really got to get that going so now here we go all the bear ups let's get to it number one chase daniel why not man outstanding game yesterday coming in off the bench basically it ended up basically being a start because he had like all but like five snaps was uh what chase daniel played yesterday i mean came in came right in off the bench didn't have time to warm up because it was supposed to be third down it was also supposed to be a turnover 
uh, for the Bears. I, I believe it was going to be a turnover. I don't know if, if Griffin was out of bounds when he got possession of the football or whatever the situation was. I think it was going to be a like a turnover and a recovery for the Vikings. Either way, Chase Daniel thought he had some time to warm up, maybe get ready, talk to Matt Nagy about what they want to do and blah, 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 blah. But instead, there was a defensive holding penalty on the play. So it was five yards and a first down. So Chase, get your ass out there. You're on the field now kind of thing. Goes out there, leads the Bears on a 14-play, 75-yard drive that resulted in the only touchdown in the game with a play to uh, Tariq Cohen from about five yards out or something like that to take an early 7 nothing lead, and it was all downhill from there as far as uh, the rest of the game was concerned. Bear up to Allen Robinson, another great day catching uh, the football. was Really made some big catches in there. Um, stats would have been a lot more uh, impressive had he not uh, had offensive pass interference on one play. He took a 42-yard play away from himself uh, yesterday, so his stats would have been even nicer if he'd have been able to avoid that situation. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Allen Robinson, as reliable as ever, helped the Bears uh, maintain control of the football and move the chains uh, yesterday. Uh, Bear up to Eddie Pinero. Can't say enough about the way that guy's kicked in the first four weeks of the season I would argue greatly he's probably he should be anyway special teams player for the month of September I I really do uh, believe that he only missed one meaningless field goal in the Washington game uh, when he was kicking on that freshly pinched uh, nerve Uh, he was three for three again yesterday he's six for six on his extra points he's been everything that we've needed in a kicker for the last couple of years and uh, knock on wood uh, he'll be everything that we need for several years Uh, to come maybe we found the next Robbie Gold the guy's going to be kicking uh, for the next decade in a bear uniform now we get to the obvious ones bear up Khalil Mack (laughs) I just it just every time I watch the guy play number one I have to pinch myself because he's wearing a bear uniform and number two we're what 15 16 months no I'm probably not that much but but you know what 13 months 14 months removed from the trade, I still can't believe it. I still cannot believe John Gruden wrapped his head around the idea of trading away Khalil Mack. I know it was a means to an end, but come on, dude. Seriously, this is you. <laughs> and, I, and I often feel like we still owe the Raiders more picks. Like we, we owe them more for what we're getting in return. We should throw in another first round pick because it's just a highway robbery compared to what we're getting in return. Uh, for you know the Raiders every pick that they got from us is going to have to be a a starter and a uh, an all pro for it to seem like an even swap otherwise the Bears it's the Herschel Walker trade in reverse you know we got one player in return for like four picks and it was us who was robbing the Raiders instead of the other way around Uh, you know where the the Vikings got one player for like nine picks or whatever the hell it was with the the Cowboys and it was the Cowboys that benefited it's the other way around we got the one player, but that one player was worth every single pick that we gave up and then some. He's just been outstanding, and he had an amazing day yesterday. And just watching him do the things he does, it's, just, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do it every Sunday. Uh, bear up to Nick Williams. Way to step up yesterday in the absence of uh, Roquan Smith, not Roquan Smith, but uh, Akeem Hicks got a bit more heavily rotated in. And, and this is a guy. If Bilal Nichols is healthy, 
if Akeem Hicks is healthy, this is the guy that's like number five off the bench for us. You know, with Eddie Goldman and uh, Akeem Hicks, Roquan, and I keep saying, I want to keep saying Roquan, uh, Bilal Nichols, those are the top three guys. And then, you know, maybe, a, 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 you know, an Abdullah Anderson or a Nick Williams would be second or first or second off the bench. This guy's playing like a monster, man. Absolute monster with that big sack last week to end the football game against the Redskins. He got another sack again yesterday and was, you know, key in the run defense that the Bears just shut Dalvin Cook down uh, yesterday. Uh, speaking of which, Roy Robertson Harris, there would be your number four guy after uh, after Hicks and Goldman and, and uh, Nichols. Another outstanding performance for him. It's just uh, it's it's too bad that there's a salary cap because we're going to have some uh, some talent leaving us at the end of the year, man. Where Nick Witkowski is up for a contract, where Robertson Harris is up for a contract. There's just not enough money to go around, uh, you know, to be able to keep these guys and keep this unit together. Ryan Pace is going to have his work cut out for him in the next couple of off seasons, trying to replace some of these guys that have uh, played their way out of uh, played their way into being too expensive to keep. Uh, you know what I mean? So um, Roy Robertson Harris is one of those guys. Uh, bear up to Nick Witkowski, stepped up huge. Uh, you know, found out uh, around the same time the rest of the world did yesterday that he was going to be starting in place of Roquan Smith. And, man, did he step up. He was a beast in run defense yesterday. Uh, was a menace, you know, really interrupt, you know, disrupted this um, uh, screen play. He stepped between the two, pulling offensive linemen uh, to cut right through him and get to Dalvin Cook and make the, the tackle uh, for loss, uh, got a sack in there yesterday, forced a fumble on that Leonard Floyd debacle uh, whole deal. Just an outstanding job from Nick Kwiatkowski uh, yesterday. Uh, bear up to a couple of coaches or three coaches altogether, Jay Rogers. And if you don't know who that is, this guy is our defensive line coach. I mean, anything that guy touches turns to gold, apparently. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris initially came to the Bears in an outside linebacker. They switched into defensive tackle, and he has grown in the three, four years he has been with the Bears into somebody that is going to get a nice contract from somebody if it's not us uh, during the uh, the upcoming uh, offseason. You see what he's doing with guys like Nick Williams and Abdullah Anderson and what he's done over the years with Eddie Goldman and Bilal Nichols, uh, you know, being a second-year player that that basically stole a spot into the – starting lineup last year made a guy like Jonathan Bullard expendable uh and whatnot the guy is just an outstanding defensive line coach I think he's been here uh since the beginning of the John Fox era so all these guys have been growing with him the last few years and and yesterday was just the fruits of his labor man uh no no Akeem Hicks no Bilal Nickel are top two defensive tackles and it was Eddie Goldman and Nick Williams and Roy Robertson Harris and no problem you know what I mean? Just an outstanding job uh, from Jay Rogers. Uh, bear up to Chuck Pagano. I mean, regression, please. Progression. These guys are getting better. It's insane. It is insane what we're doing on defense right now. I mean, everybody was talking about how without Vic we were going to kind of fall off or anything. That hasn't happened. It has not happened. We are better now than we were a year ago. Imagine if our offense was progressing the same way that our defense was. Jesus Christ, we'd be 16-0, man, easily. We could just destroy anyone. Man, we really need the offense to catch up with the defense. I mean, it's, it's a tall order. But, you know, even if we get close, if the, uh, the, if the offense was just 
you know, average. <laughs> you know, it's oh man, we'd be an unbelievable team. But bear up to Chuck Pagano, man. That guy's been outstanding. Uh, bear up to Matt Nagy. You know, I've been giving him a lot of shit over the last couple of months to over the last few weeks at the start of the year, and you know, it doesn't really seem like we're where we've we've got it going on offense or, or whatnot. It really do believe that he put together a solid game plan. I think that he knew exactly what he wanted to do uh, against Minnesota and was able to do that with, you know, like the plan was with Mitch, but was the, the solid the game plan was so good it was able to work with Chase Daniel coming in uh, off the bench. So an outstanding job from Nagy. I really do think that the game plan is what won us the game uh, yesterday. We just knew what we needed to do against that Viking defense, get what we needed to, uh, take what they were giving us and and use that to our advantage, and that's exactly what we did yesterday. And then finally, bear up to actually one more, um, Sharon McManus. He's been inactive a couple of times this week. Was active yesterday. Had some really nice special teams tackles, showing why you keep a guy like that on the roster. And then finally, Pat O'Donnell, forty-eight yards a punt, I think, on the season. Had another outstanding punt where, you you know, when you got the guy running backwards to catch up to the football, you know you put a foot to it. And O'Donnell's been doing that this year. Uh, he's been outstanding uh, as well. So um, there you have it, guys. Bear up and bear down for the week four review of the Bears Talk Underground. And that's going to do it for the show. Come back on Friday when your boy Q from Locked On Raiders will be here to help preview the ball game that's going to take us over the pond into the UK Bears Raiders the Khalil Mack revenge game and uh, all the rest of that stuff talk about the first month of the season uh, for the Raiders it's been an up and down kind of month for them they're two and two they're a 500 uh, football team they got a big win yesterday against the uh, Colts on the road they they started off the year with a win over Minnesota uh, win over uh, Denver on Monday night football uh, but ran into the, into the Chiefs week two and got beat and things like that. We'll talk about the first month and what we can look forward to on Sunday with your boy Q. So come back on Friday and check that out. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.